Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. This year, the Lord spoke to me something that I, uh, anytime God speaks to me, I want to make sure that it's something that He's speaking to me personally, or is He speaking to the church? And in this particular incident, the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm, it's both, it's you and the church. Now the Lord spoke to me and said this. He said, you're going to have to begin, I've already mentioned it a couple of times, you're going to have to begin to use your authority like you never have before in your life. Now what happens many times is we get complacent. And one of the first places we get complacent in is in our authority that we have in Christ Jesus. Now let me just say this. There's a whole lot, and when I say a whole lot, I mean a whole lot that does not get done on this earth because people are unwilling to walk in the authority that God has given them. I think I've said this several times and the Lord's never quickened me not to say it, but I think when we get to heaven we're going to be surprised at how limited God was in doing things on this earth and how much authority He invested in the body of Christ in the power of the Word of God, in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Ghost, that we as believers should be walking in every day. Everybody say every day. Now Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, let's begin to look at a couple of things that establish us in our authority. Chapter 2, verse 1, Ephesians, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in transgressions and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now listen to that very closely. Listen to that very closely. Wherein in times past ye walked according, now listen to it, the course of this world. Everybody say the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Has there been any manifestations of children of disobedience lately? I think we're so used to it we get jaded to it. So many people live just like this. They don't even know what they're being controlled by. They don't even know what it is that's, that's playing them like a puppet master. They have no idea who, what they're cooperating with. It's just their nature. It's just their nature. Then Satan comes in and takes over and their nature just you know, manifests all this crazy stuff that's going on. Thank God when we got born again, we got a nature change. The nature on the inside of us changed. Now notice this. Among whom we also, we had our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Everybody say flesh and mind. Flesh and mind. Now, if you are going to walk and live a spiritual life, you're going to have to be beware of flesh and mind. Amen? Let me, you know, I don't want to harp on this, but let me just throw it out there for you. People that come to me and say things like, I think and I feel. I think and I, I want to grab them and shake them. Especially people that make major lifestyle changes on, I think and I feel. I think and I feel. I th- I've never done that. My goodness, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You say, it's your flesh and your mind. It's not God leading you by what you think and you feel. 
It's His Spirit that bears witness with your spirit on the inside. Listen, everything I've ever done, especially the major things of Lee and I's life, I knew what I was supposed to do. You say, what if I don't know it? Don't do it. I said, if you don't know it, don't do it. But when you begin to go down to the lower level of your flesh and your mind, your adversary, the devil, knows how to be very spiritual to your mind and very spiritual to your flesh. Well, I just feel like it's the Lord. I just feel like it's the Lord. Nine times out of ten, you ought to put a flag up and say, why do I feel that way? Amen. And then thinking, well, I think it's God. I think God talked to me. Well, listen, God, 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 God is God. Listen, when Leah talks to me, I don't, I, I think you were talking to me. Now, she slapped me upside my head. I know when she talks to me, because she talks a lot. <laughs> when I first married her, you didn't talk much. You were real quiet. What happened? <laughs> Something got turned on in the inside of you. You talk all the time now. My goodness. Be careful of your flesh. Be careful of your mind. God does not lead you by your flesh or your mind. God leads you by the inward witness of your spirit. I ought to get a better amen than that. That's what gets you in trouble. Among whom also we had our conversation, our lifestyle, in the past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. I like these next words. But God. Oh, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherein He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, you should have got up and screamed. Do you realize from the depths of your spirit man on the inside that when Jesus was raised from the dead, He was sat in a position of authority at the right hand of the Father and you are an heir and a joint heir with Him and you are also seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus in a place of authority and power that no one else on this planet has but believers that know who they are in Christ. This will make some people real happy. You have a greater position than the Pope. I don't know why I said that, but I thought I'd help you with it. Because if I could just be the Pope, why? You got a better position than that. Amen. We're not trying to pick on anybody, but sometimes you got to give an illustration that helps people see who. And now listen, it didn't say this belongs to an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. He said it belongs to the believers. Each and every person that is born again and that is in Christ Jesus has been given that place of authority in the spirit realm. Listen, when Satan sees you, he doesn't see you as defeated. He doesn't see you as beat down. He doesn't see you as sick or poor. He sees you in Christ. He's trying to talk you out of that. He's trying to do everything he can do to talk you out of the position that God has given you in Christ Jesus. People talk about, oh, we're just poor worms of the dust. You know, we're, our righteousness is but filthy rags. They need to read the Bible. 
They need to figure out that God has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the same authority, the same position, the same power, everything that Jesus has, we have also. We share in His victory. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody ought to get excited about that. And hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, now go to Colossians. Go to Colossians real quick. I can do this real quick. Colossians chapter 1. I'll go to chapter 2 in just a moment. Chapter 1, verse 12. Chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Now, turn to chapter 2. Let's start at verse 10. Got two or three things pulling on me there, so I'm going to try and keep it, keep it along the subject. And ye are completed Him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power in whom you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of sin of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That means your old sin nature was severed, cut away. Buried with Him by baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath He quickened, hath He quickened or made alive together with Him having forgiven all, having, forgive, having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to that to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, I'm going to read it in the Passion Bible. I was meditating. I like to jump out of the window on this. Verse 10. Let me find it here. You got it up there? Here we go. And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Now look at that. We are completely 
filled with God. <laughs> he is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Now go to verse 11. Through our union with Him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away, listen to this, and is now extinct because of, of what Christ, the Anointed One, has accomplished for us. Oh man. Now go to verse 12. For we have been buried with Him into His death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with Him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised Him from death's realm. Verse 13. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death. Never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. Next verse, 13. He canceled out, this is so good, He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, He erased it all, our sins, our stained souls. He deleted it, and they cannot be retrieved. Let me try that one again. He deleted it and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Every time you ought to see a cross, you ought to think, canceled, canceled. All the arrest warrants, all the indictments of sin have been canceled, 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 canceled. Next verse. Oh, it just gets better. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness stripping away from them, now listen, every weapon, all of their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, they were His. And I tell you, Brother Vincy, the devil's just been beating on me and beating on me. And I tell you, he messes with my mind. And I'm, I've been sick and I ain't got no money. Amen? You need to recognize and realize that you have been put in a position of authority, overwhelming authority. But you must exercise that authority for it to work. You know, the Acts chapter 3, you don't have to turn there. there were the, 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 Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray. And the Bible says there was a man that was there that was laid daily. I, you know, Jesus never did anything about this man. But they said he was lame from his mother's womb. So this was a man that had a birth defect. Never had walked. And as Peter and John went in there, that man looked up begging for money, begging for alms. 
The Bible says he expected to receive something of them. Peter made the statement to the man, Well, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus. Now he used the name of Jesus. Remember, he was around when, when, when Jesus was speaking the words that are in John 14. John 14. Now go there real quick. This might help some of you. Go to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 14. Listen, this, this is our legal, this is our legal right to walk in this authority. I said this is our legal right to walk in this authority. Now, John chapter 14, let me find it here. Verse 12, Jesus is speaking, red letters in my Bible. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I can see him get real emphatic with this. I can just see his eyes kind of get fire in him and look at him and say, if you ask anything in my name, I'm going to do it. Now, this is not speaking about prayer. You can go to John chapter 16, and Jesus talks about, well, hitherto from, 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 from then on, you've not asked anything in my name. But if you'll ask in my name, then the Father will do it that you might receive and that the Son may be glorified. That's talking about prayer in John chapter 16. John chapter 14 is talking about works and authority. Everybody say works. And authority. Now, he says, he that believeth on me. Not just the apostles, not just the prophets, not just the missionaries, not just, you know, some anointed, appointed person, but he that believeth on me. How many believe on him? You're qualified. I said you're qualified. I said you're qualified. He that believeth on me, as he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works shall, these, shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask. Now that word ask is not the word to petition or request. That's the word demand. To demand. Now you're not demanding God. People say, who do you think you are going around ordering God? I don't go around and order God anything. I don't put any demands on God. I put demands upon His Word through my obedience. Amen. But when it comes to authority, now remember we were back there with, with uh, Peter and John at the gate, beautiful. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible says He reached down, grabbed the man by the hand, lifted him up. And he entered with them into the temple, leaping and walking and praising God. Well, they got in trouble for that. You thought everybody had been happy about somebody with a birth defect getting healed, a major miracle, happened right in front of the church. But they got mad. Religion always gets mad when God does something. Amen? So they, they begin to persecute them. Then they question them. By whose name? By what name have you done this? See, back then Rome ruled based on the name. The Caesars, the, the emperors, 
Pontius Pilate. Things were done in the name. See, we don't do that here in, in, in America. We don't do things in the name of the president. or the, We do it in the name of our nation. Amen. But back then, everything was ruled by a particular name that was given. So they wanted to know, all right, some power got released. Some authority got released. Some anointing got released. Whose name did you do that in? Peter and John said, it's his name through faith in his name. Now what were they doing? They were obeying John chapter 14. They didn't get down there, get down with that guy and say, well, we're going to pray. Oh, you're such we feel so bad for you. Bad down there begging all these years. Birth defect, can't walk. Oh, Heavenly Father, somehow in your merciful kindness, could you reach down? That's not the covenant we live in, church. That may sound real flowery and religious. You may think that may be some good thing, but you'll never get anything like that. What did they do? They obeyed John chapter 14. They saw someone that needed a touch from God and they used the name of Jesus. And it worked. Why did it work? His name through faith in His name. We're going to study that next week about how He got His name, which will help faith to rise on the inside. Listen, you need to be actively using that name every day. You need to be binding the devil. You need to be losing the provision of God. You need to be speaking against all the junk that tries to come in your mind. You need to be speaking against that, what He's trying to do in your life. You've got to rise up and begin to do some demanding. I demand my finances to come in in the name of Jesus. See, if you've got a scriptural platform, Lord, I've been confessing the word. I've been talking my, 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 my financial scriptures. I've been tithing. I've been off. Then why shouldn't, you, why shouldn't you be blessed? Because you've got a devil out there trying to hold back from you. And he'll hold back every dime that belongs to you if you let him. That's why we use that, 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 that phrase in our offering a, a confession. Devil, get your hands off of my money. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. See, if you'll do that with some faith on the inside of you and begin to say, devil, you're not going to control my money. You're not going to have my money. I tithe, I offer. I've sowed seed. I've got a harvest. Harvest come into my hands. Devil, get your hands off of it. Amen. 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 Devil attacks your body. What we do many times is we regress into the place where our symptoms begin to dictate what we should do. Well, I'd do that, but I just, I just don't feel like it. Well, you can't do it based on your feelings. I mean, every time the devil's tried to attack me in the past 25 years, I have stayed in the fight of faith till my symptoms broke. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about 24-7 if that's what it takes. Worshiping God, thanking Him that I'm healed, and speaking to those symptoms with the authority that's in the name of Jesus. If it lingers, I begin to check up on myself. Make sure I ain't got outside the, the, the perimeters of the will of God for my life where the devil can come and mess with me. Many times that's what happens. We start getting a little apathetic, complacent. We're not speaking that authority. We're not using that authority like we should every day. You say, now why do you say use it every day? Well, what days off does the devil take in your life? What, what, day, what days off? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that take days off spiritually, you know. They, well, you know, we need to take a day off today. and You know, I'm not going to worship God. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not. Well, did, did the devil take that day off too and just, you know, give you a say, well, if you're going to take the day off, I'll take the day off too. <laughs> I, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll start messing with you again tomorrow. 
How many know that doesn't happen? Amen. The outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed day by day. That means every day, every day, every day. No devil, no devil. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to get my faith. You're not going to get my joy. You're not going to get my strength. You're not going to get my fire. You're not going to get my fervency. Now, that's Rob. Praying, I took some notes. Did I bring my notebook? Yeah, here it is. My weenie dog notebook. It's got all my heart teaching in it. You must walk in your authority. You are a resisting force on this planet. James 4 verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 5, resist, actively oppose the devil, and he will run from you in stark terror. Our problem is, is we've not meditated on the word, meditated on his defeat and our victory to the point that when we use the name of Jesus, in our mind's eye, the mental picture of the devil that we have is him running in stark terror. Amen? We watched a movie last night. I'm not going to tell you the name of it. You go watch it and you get messed up. But there's, it's the perfect depiction of the devil. I've never seen a more perfect depiction. Everything he did, when he was accused of what he did, he was like, I didn't do that. Free will, choice. What he did is he made it convenient for the people to do it. He can't, listen, just like God can't override your will, neither can Satan. But he'll sure make it convenient. He'll sure arrange circumstances. He'll try to do everything he can do to get you out of a resisting posture. Amen? When I, when I was a kid and played football in junior high and then the first two years of high school, we were taught how to get into certain positions before the ball was snapped. Now, you that played football know this. You that coach football know that there are certain positions you can get in that when that ball is snapped, you come out of that position in a place of strength. Amen? That's why those positions were invented. They probably worked for years till finally somebody thought, well, you know, maybe that guy ought to get down in a stance. He keeps getting knocked over by the guys that are standing over there. Maybe he ought to get, if he gets down in a stance, maybe he, can, maybe he can resist a little better. See, God wants to put you in a position or in a posture in which your resistance works. Amen? That's where it comes to your position and your authority in Christ Jesus. Now, in order, now listen to me very closely. In order to establish yourself in this victory, listen to me very close. If you don't get nothing else, get this. In order to establish yourself in this victory, you must continually believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. Thank you, Father. I worship you that I'm risen with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that I was buried with him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so I also walk in newness of life. I am complete in Him. In Him I live and move and have my being. Thank you, Father, that you love me so much that by faith I've received salvation and I, sit and I stay seated right there at the right hand of you in Christ Jesus in my authority, in my power that you've given me in Christ Jesus. 
People say, well, it's His authority. But if you don't use it, it won't work. You've got to possess it by faith. That's why people get all stirred up when they get around people that really walk in faith. Well, they're just so haughty. They're so arrogant. They're so full. No, they're not. Very early in my life in ministry, I started listening to how those guys talked. They didn't talk doubt, unbelief, or defeat. They talked about who they were in Christ. They talked about being more than a conqueror. They talked about greater is he that's in him than he that's in the earth. There was a, listen, there was a fervency and a fire that they had to continue to stoke. That's my next point. Satan wants to turn down the flame of your fervency. That's what he wants to do. He wants to turn down the flame of your fervency. You say, well, how does he do that? Well, like he does everything else. He does it through lies. By trying to convince you that you can continue on the same path with the same blessing and the same thing that God's doing in your life by you doing less. Three grunts. It's a trap. I said it's a trap. Listen, I don't do less than I used to do. I don't do less than I used to do when I traveled. I don't do less than I used to do five years ago. I do more. I increase more. I went to my house and built a, built a prayer room. I was rearranging it this, this afternoon, getting it all ready. I got some things I'm going to pray out in the Holy Ghost. Some of you got to realize that as you step back from how you used to serve God, it opens wider and wider and wider the door for the adversary to come in. Amen? You can't do that. You can't compromise the core beliefs of who you are. Listen, if you're a prayer, if you're a person that's an intercessor, if you're somebody that needs to pray, you need to be here praying with your church. Listen, God showed me in the Spirit that this year He's going to raise up mighty ministries of intercession right out of this church. I know one person right now in particular. Saw it in the Spirit. You're going to be real surprised. You will be. You say, what do you mean by that? God is opening the door for not, not us to step back, for us to step in. And step in and step up. Listen, we're going to schedule more meetings this year. We're going to have more prayer this year. We're going to do more conferences this year. We're going to go out to the world more this year. We're going to do every, listen, we're going to increase our activity in every area. We're not going to start stepping back. Let's just see what the Lord has done. Listen, there are times when you sit around and let things happen. Then there are seasons and doors that open up where you got to make things happen. And this year, 2020, is a year where we as a church are going to have to make some things happen with the authority that God has given us. And some of you are going to have to get your fire back. You're going to have to get your fervency back. Because you can come to church and put on a pretty show. Dress up in nice clothes and smile. Everybody. Praise the Lord. Are you doing great? Doing great. But you go home and the devil is beating your brains out. You got thoughts bombarding your mind. You got you know, what he's doing. He's setting you up for a good decision. A good decision to make based on your feelings and what you think. Feel and think, Brother Rusty. Next time, yeah, I'm going to get me a big hammer in my office. And when I hear the word feel, I'm going to stand up and pick that hammer up. So you that are here, you'll know what I'm doing. I'm fixing to whack you in the head with it. Feel that? 
What do you think about that? Whack. Well, I don't think that was God. Bingo! You just got a revelation. <laughs> don't look at me in that tone of voice. Hey, listen, it's time to serve God. Many of the things we've been believing God for for two decades. And I'm not just talking about the church in general right here at Galveston Island, but everyone we're connected to, everyone that's a part of what we're doing, the entire company of believers that believe in this book the way we do, that what God says is what God means, and what God has left us on this earth is more than enough to defeat or, or to demonstrate the defeat of the devil and walk in the victory that God's given us. Doesn't matter what happens politically. Doesn't matter what happens financially. Doesn't ma does not matter. God says, look, I've given you the victory. Mm -mm -mm. Get your fervency back. You lose your fervency. Here's where it shows up. Shows up in your consistency. It takes a consistency to serve God. Now, listen, I know there's always going to be times in which people have to miss church or miss prayer, or miss this or miss that. But any activity in the kingdom that you were once involved in, that you're no longer involved in, you've lost your consistency. And the reason you lost that consistency is your fervency. Your fire has been turned way down. I got a, uh, about three years ago, I got a barbecue pit called the Big Green Egg. Y'all know what the Big Green Egg is? Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a cool barbecue pit. But you better know what you're doing. You better read the instruction manual. Are you going to burn your eyebrows off? Does anybody have one? Then you know what I'm talking about. You better know what you're doing. Are you going to get a heat blast out of that thing? And you're going to come to church looking funny. You're going to look like a raccoon. That, you can heat that thing up over 700 degrees. The average barbecue pit will not heat up more than 250 degrees. But this guy, you can put some stuff in there and it don't take much. It's not like other barbecue pits. They make you burn pure charcoal. What you buy at the store is about 25% charcoal and the rest of it's filler. That's what got used so much lighter fluid on it. This stuff, this, we, we, we got it at the place where we bought the barbecue pit it looks like a bunch of burnt wood. But you put it in there, you light it up, and you adjust that pit, and man, you watch that doll. And that thing, man, you talk about cooking steaks. You can cook some steaks on that thing. I mean, you cook them quick and good. But you better watch out, because that thing is hot. And when you open that thing up, it says to open it up and to burp it. I thought, burp it? So the first time I used it, I lit it off, watched it go up to 700, and I lifted that thing up because it don't lift it too quick because it'll, it'll, and I felt that heat come out of that. I thought, oh my goodness, I've never felt heat like, well, it was designed that way. It was designed for a fire to be put on the inside. Somebody's going to get this in a minute. I said it was designed for a fire to be put on the inside and for that fire to increase and to heat up. You have been cleansed. Your temple has been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and you are designed to contain fire. And I'm telling you, when your fire starts burning, your consistency is strong. Listen, cons- <laughs> that's where I'd, how'd I end up there? Your, consistent, your consistency violated where you're, will reduce your spirituality to, does anybody know? Think and feel. We just went full circle. That's what I wrote. Isn't that what I wrote? I didn't even remember I wrote that. Your consistency violated will reduce your spirituality to think and feel. And when you get in a think and feel posture or position, you will not use your authority because you have violated your fervency. Amen? Listen, I get around people that pray. The Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of righteous men and women avail much. Friends of mine, Pastor Paul, Pastor Sam Carr, Pastor Mark. Not Pastor Mark so much because he doesn't hunt. But I go, I go up there sometimes and spend time with him, praying. There is such a fervency in those men to pray that when I get around, especially Pastor Paul, we'll get around, we'll spend a couple of days and we'll just say, let's pray. Let's spend some time praying. I've, we've done it in the Philippines in the hotel rooms. I've done it over in Florida at his house. He's done it here in Galveston in my house. We've done it rolling down the road to go to a deer camp. We've done it rolling down the road to go to a duck camp. Just praying. And as we pray, you can feel the heat, that fervency just building. Just building. Just building. Just building on the inside. That, what's, that, that is what empowers you to do it the next day. And do it the next day. And do it the next day. And do it the next day till you become passionate. Because what you're passionate about, you will repeat. And a lot of people in the body of Christ, have lost their, they've lost their passion, they've lost their fervency, they've lost their consistency because they're not walking in authority. Now, let me just say this, we'll close. Many of you that are having these little, you know, little dramas, little things that are going on that the devil's stirring up and he likes to do it like this instead of bringing some big thing into your life you know that all the church is going to get in agreement with you and you know we'll have prayer meetings all that kind of stuff no he likes this little thing that little thing this little thing that little thing this little thing that little thing because as it says in song of solomon it's the little foxes that spoil the vine now that came out of an observation of solomon as he watched mature Adult foxes sit up on their haunches and eat the fruit off the vine, eat the grapes off the vine. You say, I don't believe dogs would do that. They do. My chocolate lab, sugar. Dad used to grow, uh, uh, what are they called? Dewberries. And I'd have to go pull the splinters out of her nose because she would eat them all the time. She loved them. She ate them all the time. Well, now the little foxes, the little pups, they can't get up there and get the fruit. So they dig, and they dig, and they dig, and they dig, and they dig all around the plant. Then they grab that plant, and they jerk it up, and they lay it down on the ground so they can eat the fruit. But where the big foxes did not destroy the plant, the little foxes eat the fruit and destroy the plant. Some of you need to go home. Spend about an hour praying in the Holy Ghost. Then you need to take your Bible in the name of Jesus. 
and you need to stop every drama going on in your house. Stop it. Well, well, how do I do that? You know how to do that. You do it by the name of Jesus, undergirded by the power of the Word of God, and the fervency and the fire of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Amen? You know, I, I've, I've spent time doing it like this. Devil, you're not going to get my place. You're not going to get my position. What God has called me to do, to build this church in Galveston and to go to these nations and preach. And these conferences, are, we're looking at doing regional conferences in different places of the United States. Not, not, not FMI, not, no, us, Island Church. Why? Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Help these churches. Help these people. Help them to do what God's called them to do and stoke the fire, the fervency so there can be some, some consistency in what they're doing in the kingdom of God. We're going to do that here first. You say, why? Because the light that shines the brightest shines at home and it'll shine the farthest out. We got a lot of assignments. Some of you have assignments you need to obey God and do. How are you going to do it? With your wood wet. I mean, you can't just say, well, I tell you, I, I'm so tired. I guess I'll go to Africa and see what the Lord will do. I used to tease the Bible school students. I used to teach about how when you go out and you're not anointed and it's not your assignment, you're going to come back with a shrunken head, a little bitty head on top of your body. I thought it was God. I felt like it was. That's the picture I had in my mind. Amen. No, don't come back with a shrunken head. Come back with a victory. Look what the Lord has done. Look how he's blessed the people. Look how many got saved. Look who got healed. Look who got touched by the power of God. In the meantime, you have an opportunity here to regain that fire on the inside. You say, well, let's have an altar call and pray for it. That don't work. Because you can leave in the inspiration of the moment and think you've got something done. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to get into your prayer closet. You've got to start praying and interceding. You've got to start saying, Lord, forgive me for ever letting my heart get cold. Forgive me for letting myself get just overwhelmed by all this drama in my life. I'm going to let go of all of that. I'm going to get it out of me. I'm going to do what the Word says. I'm going to cast my cares upon you. I'm not carrying the care of this sickness or disease. I'm not carrying the care of this financial problem. I'm not carrying these cares anymore. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to begin to worship you. I'm going to begin to glorify you. I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to begin to praise. I'm going to get my fire back. Get my consistency back. You watch what God will do for you. And we're going to study this as we continue to study. And as you join that consistency to, with others around you, next thing you know what God's doing corporately becomes amazing. Because in reality, all your needs being met, oh man, should I say that? Uh, well, I'm going to say it anyway. All your needs being supplied and met are totally dependent upon your cooperation with the body. God will supply every need, meet every bill, open every door, unless you back away from this church or any other church. So I'm going to go out here. God really knows I love him. No, you don't. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And his commandments begin with the greatest one, which is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Then he tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves, even more so as the day grows evil. Man, I'm telling you, the day is evil out there. So everybody say, I'm going to get my fire back. I'm going to get my consistency back. And the devil's never going to steal my fervency again. Now lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you tonight. We thank you, Father, that that fire and fervency and consistency based on the reality that we are the ones on planet Earth who are predominant. We are the ones with dominion. Each and every believer here has been entrusted with the dominion of God Himself in their life. Let us wake up to that. Let us realize that. Let us realize the devil is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. Let the fire of God give us times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Let our hearts change as we're teaching on Sunday morning. Lord, let that, let that glory to glory to glory to glory to glory change begin to happen in our hearts so that our heart again becomes a flame with that which God is in us and desires to do for us and through us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness, your grace toward us. Lord, as we leave tonight, we declare the provision you've granted us in Christ. Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge. Only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Therefore, we declare in our travels and in the righteous labor of our hands, we are the protected of God, His set-apart, sanctified, holy children upon the earth. Thank you that angels are encamped round about us. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance. Let that fire and fervency come into our hearts when it comes to this area, this island. Lord, that which you've spoken unto me, that which you've said about this island, an island church, let us go out, be fervent in our hearts as witnesses, being an answer to people's prayer who are hurting, being a problem to the adversary who has tried to reign and rule through deceit. He has no power. Through deceit over this island for generations. His days are over. They're over. Thank you, Father. We can be miracles in their lives. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you, Lord. We leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for a fervency of heart when it comes to corporate love. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.